What up? Hello. Right, speak again. No. Are you going to bark all day? This is a tasty burger. I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny. You are a sad, strange little man. These guys were that. Don't fail me again. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises and film nonsense. This week is a franchise fatigue episode in which we take a franchise and look at the high points, the low points and everything in between to sort out the perfect puffs of popcorn from the sad stale bits at the bottom of the bucket. This week, the random popcorn maker of film topics has popped out Deadpool, which we will discuss with full spoilers from the outset. Benji, over to you. Thanks, Robbie. So yeah, Deadpool. I mean, we could have we could have kind of incorporated this in the sort of possible future X Men kind of like chat, but Deadpool is really kind of its own thing. I think we can count it as its own franchise. I was going to say, how do you feel it sits with uh, with the X Men franchise? Because there's, uh, I mean, arguably this makes this is like two films out of a twelve from franchise, or is it its own thing? I think X-Men is kind of fast and loose with continuity anyway. Because the thing is, if you got like a, say you got all like X-Men films box set, you couldn't let kids watch at least three of them because you got Logan and the two Deadpools. Oh, not because X-Men Origins is awful. No, I wouldn't show that anyway. That That's that that's brain poison. <laughs> but um, but no, the, the, the kind of the actual kind of thing. So I was thinking, yeah, we can we can make a case. We can we can make a case for Deadpool being its own separate thing. So that's fine. We're cool. So it consists of two films, Deadpool and the imaginatively titled Deadpool 2. Yes. Um, and there are, I think that they're making a third one. Now 21st Century Fox has been bought by Disney, so the, I guess then it now crosses into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as opposed to just X-Men. So I guess, as you say, it does kind of sit by itself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I think we'll be seeing more Deadpool before we see more X-Men. Yeah, well, it's the, it's the only. I think it's the only one that seems to be retaining the same actor uh, prior to the acquisition. So yeah, we'll 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 see where it goes. But uh, but let's talk about the two that exist. Okay, so right now. Deadpool was in the sort of briefly mentioned uh, X Men colon Origins colon Wolverine. Yes, uh, it's played by Ryan Reynolds, um, which spoiler did not go well. Um, for no. the film or the character. There's some test footage shot in 2012, uh, which wasn't picked up by Fox, and then the footage was leaked in 2014. And I guess, I don't know, I think that there's quite there's a lot of like positive uh, voices online, whether, I don't I don't think it was a campaign and along the lines of the, you know, uh, release the Snyder Cut. In, uh, in 2014, they announced they would actually turn it into a film, and which is there. So Deadpool was released in 2016, directed by Tim Miller. Yes. And the IMDb uh, synopsis is a wisecracking mercenary gets experimented on and becomes immortal but ugly and sets out to take down a man who ruined his looks. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Basically. I mean, that's sort of the the one thing I really, really like about Deadpool. It's how small Uh, scale it is. Yeah. How small the stakes are. It's it's like, it doesn't doesn't have too much of a plot going on. And, but that's fine because all it's got is a framework and then it, it sort of drapes the silliness over it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, I think that's great. I think they, they actually do a really, really good job of, of kind of giving you just enough, enough kind of structure. You know that he wants revenge. It's a revenge story. You know that he is, there's kind of a love story there as well. 
you've got those kind of things but it, it's it's kind of in sections you know you've got oh the the flashback romance stuff and then you've got the freeway section and then you know then the, there's a montage and you know like it's it's kind of it's assembled in a very very kind of deft way i think uh and it, it doesn't kind of let let the plot kind of get in the way of any of the gags um, and I, I i respect it for that and i really like it for that i mean ron reynolds i mean he is deadpool yeah i think he sort of plays quite a similar role in a lot of films since deadpool but um, yes I th yeah i think i mean he, he's a great fit for the character um, yeah and yeah seems, i mean off camera seems like a really nice guy as well but um i mean i guess it does tell the kind of sort of classic superhero origin story but in a way that, like a lot of the uh, Marvel films, it's it's ages before, and then Batman Begins, it can be like half the film's gone before they put on the iconic suit. Whereas in this, he's in the suit straight away. Uh, yeah, which is which is good because then yeah. you're not waiting for the fun to kind of like kick in. You've got, I mean, can we talk about the intro, the the the, the title sequence? The title sequence is one of the best title sequences I think in film. Yeah, I I love it, and it's it's. It's pitch perfect. So you got the, you got the slow motion is. Uh, panning through like a car crash with <laughs> yeah uh, angel in the morning angel in the morning yeah angel in the morning playing and um, the what well, I, I guess the the normal sort of on screen credits are replaced by the writers uh, the real heroes here starring God's perfect idiot um, a British villain directed by an overpaid tool yeah uh, yeah I mean that's great and, apparently it's just a placeholder but Ryan Reynolds liked it so much they kept it in. Yeah, but that's kind of that makes sense to me because it kind of feels a bit scrappy. The the whole thing feels a little bit sort of grassroots rather than a slick studio production. Yes. Even though clearly money was spent on it because you've yeah. got a CGI character yeah. as the as the uh, as the title say, but like you know, it it does feel it does feel kind of rough around the edges, which I think suits Deadpool yeah. because of the character he is um and and yeah so that being like a placeholder and then going actually no that's hilarious let's keep that is is great and and yeah it works so well like unconventional song choice you've got the kind of funny things of zooming in you've got him still giving that guy a wedgie you know around it's it's perfect deadpool stuff like it's it sets out its stall and it's just like right you're either going to love this or if you don't you may as well walk out now because it's not going to get any better <laughs> for you and your sensitive kind of uh sensibilities so you know that's that's it i love the intro i think it was uh it, it's it's such a good choice and uh and yeah and as you said it, it sort of breaks up the sort of origin thing i actually think they did really well with the love story as well I think, with, I think uh, they're, they're a nice couple um yeah so i guess we'll sort of jump around all, all over the film but um i, I like the what? um yeah, sorry. Um, his uh, love interest, Vanessa Wade, played by Marana Baccarin. Yes, um, who was in Firefly. Uh, she was. Anara. Yes. Yeah. So there's there's a, there's a line where he gets uh, diagnosed with um, terminal uh, sort of aggressive cancer, and so he goes to leave Vanessa, and she wants him to stay, and she says, you know, you've got all your things here, things like your CDs and you know, and your me, which I thought was. Sweet. I think that the yeah, that you, that is a sweet line. Considering it's you know it's a silly yeah it is a silly childish film really, um or violent childish um but I think that they are quite a believable sweet couple. 
Well, I like their sort of uh, their sort of meat cute that they have at the bar where they have a sort of take on the four Yorkshiremen kind of thing where they're comparing the terrible childhoods. Yeah. I I think I think that's that's really cool. I'd like and it's it's you know, her crazy matches his crazy. That's what's the, that's what's the kind four of thing. Yorkshiremen? You've not seen the four Yorkshiremen sketch? No. Um it's where they it, they talk about having to go to school and all these ridiculous things like it was uphill both ways and it's like they're they're just they're sort of one upping each okay. other by by kind of uh one downing each other i guess um and it's yeah it's it's quite a famous sketch by whom i can't remember who actually yeah i'm just trying to think uh just by monty python yeah monty, monty python sounds it sounds a good guess of course it is. I mean, because there's four I, of them, I, was... I suppose. It was two, it would have been the two Ronnies, but... Yeah. So, yes. So, their little meet cute is very cute. Their meet cute is very cute indeed. Yes. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Because I, <laughs> I, I dropped the mic and not in, like, a cool way. Yeah, because um... that was... If you're going to drop the mic on anything, their meet cute was cute is not something to drop the mic on. No. No. Okay. What else do you like about Deadpool? Uh, I like the uh, twelve bullets section on the uh, on the oh. motorway or freeway. Um, yes, so good. Where because that's a running uh, gag throughout the film where he keeps leaving his uh, his impressive uh, arsenal of guns behind, so he only has twelve bullets to take down a load of henchmen, and does it in uh, sort of uh, in uh, classy style. Yes, and again, that's that's all the like when he. <laughs> When he wastes some of the bullets on just that on just that one guy, that's that sort of like uh, explosion of anger from from Deadpool. You know, he he's not right to say the least, and and that's 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 perfect characterization. Um, that Deadpool, good Deadpool. So yeah, the, but that whole freeway sequence that the you've got that you've got um colossus and uh negasonic teenage warhead showing up who has uh, it, i mean i know the reference in the film it does have the coolest name yeah exactly but that's app does. apparently the reason why in uh guardians of the galaxy volume two that's why they were able to use ego the leaving living planet because they petitioned marvel to change negasonic teenage warhead's powers from the comic and yeah. Marvel said okay as long as they could use yeah it was planet. like a bargaining chip yeah. uh it seems like an odd trade but uh but then but... i guess they said well they said that the the uh, negasonic teenage warhead uh, her powers are in the film kind of more reflect the name rather than in the comic i think she's more uh psychic i think yeah she's got mind powers if i remember correctly so yeah she's got that sort of energy kind of burst kind of thing going on it's cool but yeah colossus and negasonic are really cool sidekicks to deadpool yes yeah and uh, colossus just the way he is being like a gentle giant is the perfect foil no pun intended for deadpool strong and, and surly and but honorable and and great because he was used in um in uh, I, I guess i think a couple of the original x-men uh, films but i guess because it because that's quite a large ensemble cast wasn't really given much to do whereas in this they've you know changed the character quite a bit yeah i remember him in x-men 2 yeah briefly think he's in, in x-men 3 as well I think he's in Days of Future Past, I think. oh yeah could be actually yes 
but he does the fastball special where he throws Wolverine in, in, in X-Men 3. But yes, no, he is. You're right. So yeah, yeah, it's nice we get to see more Colossus. And I think I think that when they do more X-Men movies, Colossus is going to be like more of a fan favourite now. Yeah, I suppose like, it was a chance to kind of expand him beyond just a... Yeah, because as, as in the X-Men films, because there's so many of them, uh, you, apart from sort of the, the core people, you never really get to develop them. Yeah. So uh, no, it was... Uh, yeah, good choice to have them there. And and yeah, the the whole freeway sequence, the whole hunting down Francis, who is great. Him. Uh, oh, he is as well. Ed, Ed Scrine as uh, as Francis. Yeah. he's a great villain. And uh, yeah, like Deadpool calling him a wheezing bag of dick tips. That kills me every time. The whole bit where <laughs> Deadpool attacks Colossus. Or breaking his hands and legs. All dinosaurs fit the T Rex. It's great. It's it's so good. And I, look, I'm trying. I'm trying not to repeat myself, but it's the same. It's the same as anything. It fits like a comedy and everything. You just end up talking about your favorite jokes and laughing yeah. about the jokes. And you know, I would assume people listening to this, they'll have, they'll have seen Deadpool. And if they haven't, they definitely should because it's it's different. It's not like your standard superhero thing. It's not even like your standard superhero comedy. It's its own thing. It's yeah. anarchic. It's got its meta. It's it's got a gag rate that reminds me of things like Airplane or the Naked Gun series, where it's just it's just one joke after another. And if one joke doesn't work for you, the next two will. You know, it's it's that sort of thing. And and you know, there are even gags that I didn't get, and and now I do. And and. You know when uh, Colossus is dragging him away? Yes. In handcuffs. And we've got the great uh, Stuart or McAvoy, Professor X line. Yeah. He he cuts off his hand. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it says spoilers yeah. for 127 hours. <laughs> yeah, but also he says, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Do you know what that's referring to? It's an American book by Judy Bloom. It is. But do you know what the book's about? No. It's about a girl and her first menstrual cycle. Okay. So him saying, yeah, I had no idea. Like it's, it's a, it's a period joke because things are going to get bloody and they do. Nice. So yeah, things like that just didn't. Well, there, there definitely are things that you sort of, because you say the gag rate, is, gag rate is so, um, is so sort of thick and fast. You, you do notice quite a lot of things on, uh, you know, subsequent viewings, like the references to other films and, uh, how much he uh, sort of other, you know, Ryan Reynolds takes a pop at himself throughout the film, like um, Green Lantern or the or his character in X Men Origins. Uh, it Ryan does. Reynolds it does. It does feel like therapy. Yes. Ryan Reynolds therapy that he's put on screen because he 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 kind of he, and he's tied himself with the whole Deadpool thing. Like this was this was clearly you know kind of his baby and, and, and trying to kind of get it off the ground and, and all that. And it does feel like it's just him exercising the demons. And I think, I, I think, you know, kind of with the Green Lantern stuff and, and with everything, he, he really, he's, you know, he's found his, his niche now and, and yeah, it, it, it suits him. So he, uh, Deadpool agree, or as before he has changed, he's, or he's a mercenary who, to cure his, uh, to try and cure his cancer, he agrees to be experimented on by a shady organization headed up by Ed Scrine. Uh, yes, and that's where it gets quite dark. The, for a, for a, a comedy film, like he's he's basically tortured until his mutant gene will trigger. And some of it, yeah, yeah that is is fairly dark for what's a 
you know. Well, it's crazy dark. Like yeah. when he's um, when the lab is on fire and he's like stabbed to the floor. Yes. And everything. He has to watch his mate die. Yeah. And then I always then forget just... that bit. And then because uh, yeah, whenever we see him and his mate, I think, oh, what happens to him? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He burns alive. It, yeah. It turns out badly for him. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it is it is dark, um, and I always think of the shot of him just kind of like just just naked and scarred, and also just literally emerging from the ashes. Um, and it, it's yeah, it's it's pretty damn dark and violent. I mean, he's he's, he's coughing up blood. It's it's all it's all, it's all nasty. Yeah, so far cry from the sort of the shiny, clean X Men laboratories. I do like it when he says what the. Uh... Flapjack is wrong with you people. <laughs> is that is that how we're going to do it? That's how we're going to do it. How we're going to get around things? I'll, I'll use a different cake each time. Well, I'm just going to spoil that. You can't. That's a red rag to a bull. <laughs> a bull who likes swearing. <laughs> and what words painted on that red rag? I'm I'm not going to say it out loud. It's, it's too naughty. So the music is excellent. As it is both, junkie both, XL. both the score and the sort of the choices of songs. The, uh, a highlight is the Deadpool rap, which is by Team Headkick, which I remember because we yeah. we saw this in the cinema together. I think like the day or like, the day it came out, or the day after it came out. Um, yes, come the day it came out because that was Valentine's Day. But yeah, the Deadpool rap. I think I remember you telling me that there were some people on the internet who just done a rap about. The character before it was a film. Yeah, it was a it was a, a fan made thing for the video game. Oh, okay. when, the, when when the video game came out, so they 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 did a, a rap about about the video game, and then clearly the filmmakers saw that video and uh, invited them to do a movie version. That's cool too. Yeah, you know, like that's again, that's sort of what I mean about the sort of grassroots kind of scrappiness of it. Yeah, despite the fact it was from like a you know multi billion dollar studio it does feel kind of indie yeah yeah it's 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 interesting how how that works and yeah it 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 had you know there was more money spent than you and i would ever see in a lifetime you know it, it it's crazy amounts of money but but you know it does pale in comparison when when uh it kind of stacks up against other superhero movies yeah. that you know i mean are just crazy crazy money spinners so yeah and and Again, I think the two things that work, so the two genres that work best when everything's kind of a bit rough and ready are comedy and horror. Yes, yeah. And and I feel that the slicker they are, the less effective they are uh, when it comes to certain things. Like you, you, you see kind of like a big budget comedy or whatever, and it because all that money has been spent on it, the laughs tend to be quite safe. And, and this, this, less so with horror, you know, but again, it doesn't, it, it, there's there are more people putting their their kind of their two cents in to the to the discussion, you know, because they put their money on the line. Well, I guess so, you're working you're working within your means. So if you've got like a massive budget with like almost limit, limitless money, I guess yeah. you've not got the restraints to you know, rein you in and sort of seek to find you know ways around your limited budget. So yes, I agree, Rob. The Deadpool rap is really good. Well, I think because I can't think of many superhero films that have a sort of a, which have like a theme song of that. And um, you know, Captain America. I mean, Men in Black. Maybe more film, more superhero. Like every Will Smith song, film should have a Will Smith rap at the end of it. Maybe every superhero film should have a you know a sort of a fourth wall breaking song. Well, I've I've missed I've missed the 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 whole kind of uh, plot summary rap thing. That used to be a thing in the nineties. 
if if I may uh, quote from Partners in Crime and their their amazing hit T U R T L E Power. What film is that from? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. The thing is, right? You can only quote from do... it if you're allowed to do it as a rap. No, <laughs> I am too self-conscious and white to do that. But I, I will, I will read you something because th- this is the thing. This is the interesting thing with Partners in Crime, right? They do the plot summary, but they get a thing wrong. That's embarrassing. Okay, so T U R T L E Power, right? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. On the half shell, they're the heroes for. In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high and mugging mysterious. All police and de- detectives are furious. <laughs> Half rhyme. Now, where is the bit, the infamous bit? Right. Splinter's the teacher, so they're the students. Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello make up the team with one other fellow, Raphael. He's the leader of the group, transformed from the norm by the nuclear goop. Raphael isn't the leader. Leonardo is. Partners in crime? What are you thinking? I mean, that was just like being in the 90s, that was. Exactly. Yeah, summary raps, plot summary raps need to come back. I mean, Weird Al Yankovic did a uh, quite excellent cover of American Pie, which outlined the plot of Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Oh, shit. <laughs> I dropped the mic again. Again, not the cool kind. So you've dropped the mic after your sp- speaking version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Hero Turtles rap. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's go back to Deadpool. But I can't believe they made that mistake. Are, are you as angry as I am now? About what, sorry? About them thinking Raphael is the leader. No, no, I'm over it. Okay, cool, right. Deadpool. Uh, yeah, that whole sequence, actually, the whole montage thing. Yeah, it's a good evolution so good. of the costume as well. You, you, know, you sort of seem trying it in white and then getting stained by the blood and then not being able to see or people not being able to hear him. Yes. I also want to say, because I, I don't think it gets enough love for this, but the expressive eyes... On the Deadpool mask, it wouldn't have been nearly nearly as good in general. I don't think the gags would have worked nearly as well if they didn't have that sort of expression in the in the eyes, the yeah. sort of movable eyes. And I I think it probably influenced the MCU take on Spider Man as well with the with the lenses sort of. Yeah, because do they move in the in the other Spider Man films? No. Okay. No, they're static lenses, and I think that it really sells a lot of the things. You know when. Deadpool frowns like when he gets angry and everything. It 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 looks great. It's not just the static thing because that will kill a lot of the comedy from it. And uh, yeah, I don't think it gets enough love for that. It works really well. That's an interesting point. Thank you very much. Anything more to say with the first Deadpool? Uh, so it ends with a with uh, well, uh, Deadpool, Colossus, and Negasonic teenage warhead tracking down uh, Francis in a scrapyard. Yes. So I guess, you know, as you sort of said at the beginning, the stakes in this are in this film are quite low, but it does make them sort of, the film makes them seem massive. That's not in a, that's not to sort of criticise it at all. I, th- I think it is with a lot, I mean, as much as I love the Marvel films, um, another thing of a spaceship falling to Earth, whereas this is a ship tipping over in a scrapyard. But, but and it, and it's... the stakes are really small for it, but I think it really fits. It does. There's there's personal beef at the centre of it. Nice bit of George Michael wham at the end as well. Careless whisper. Yes, gotta love it. I know that um, the director, oh Tim Miller, wanted uh, Ed Grant to use the c word at the end, but Ed Grant didn't really feel it was uh, it fitted in anywhere. I will say Ed Grant from from the sounds of it, sort of behind the scenes and everything, he's he's a he's a jolly lovely chap. 
Well, he, yeah, because he dropped out of the Hellboy remake. He did, yeah, based on because they were going to cast him in in uh, what is traditionally portrayed as an Asian role yeah. in the comics. Yeah. And he said he didn't feel comfortable with that sort of thing and dropped out. And he just seems like a yeah, yeah. bloody lovely guy. I mean, I've not seen uh, the Hellboy remake, but then I don't think anyone else has either. So I guess no. he, he also dodged a bullet in that respect. Yes, yes. It's a proper it's a proper kind of Deadpool package. Instead of just like, just name only like the, the one in X-Men Origins. I mean, God even knows why they went with that. That is a strange one, even now, however many years on it. It does. It's a baffling choice, and no one's so there, weird. No one's ever really come out and said what they were doing or or why. When I heard a theory, it was meant to be that eventually he'd spin off into his own film. If I remember correctly, X Men Origins: Colin Wolverine had different ending sequences. So one of the post credits things were uh, was because if you remember correctly, the Deadpool gets his head sliced off yes. by Wolverine. And then, but he's doing the laser eye thing. So it kind of, as it falls, it kind of takes down a um, a cooling stack. I mean, that was cool. The post-credit thing had, probably assume, was Deadpool's body picking up his head and his head kind of looking at the camera and going, shh. So, so yeah, maybe they had some more, maybe he was going to be more of a thing. But it seems, it seemed very, very strange to kind of look at, look at the Deadpool comics and, and go, yeah. We're going to give him all these weird powers and swords in the arms and yeah, but uh, but yeah, quite why they turned him into that, I I will never know. That'll be one of the world's greatest mysteries. So there's an end credit scene uh, after Deadpool where um he comes out, well to, yeah, uh, so he comes out in costume and, and talks about what the next film's going to be and that they're going to have Cable and suggests some people who can play it. And one one of them being Kieran Knightley. I think it's a shame that Kieran Knightley didn't play Cable. I think it would have been quite good. I would, I would have loved to see that. So, have, yeah, have you got any more I, thoughts on this? Uh, well, do do people know as well, or at least the younger crowd? Do they know that that sort of end bit is a Ferris Bueller take with him in the dressing gown? I mean, I've not spoken to all the young people, so I don't know if they all know it. No, no, but I, I just I, I feel it's kind of lost. That, that people won't know, but again, Deadpool referencing kind the, of stuff. The, like there are so that. many things throughout throughout it that you know might get lost. I think because yeah. you say the hit rate is is quite because they were sort of ad libbing on on the sets apparently and sort of bringing in like fairly up to date or as then up to date uh, pop culture references. Yeah, and and again, that sort of improv thing leads to the sort of scrappy feeling. So yeah, no, I'm 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 through I'm through my my list of things to talk about with Deadpool One, other than it's really really good. It is. It I'm, is very I'm good. a big fan, and it's it's, it's improved on rewatching yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. So Rob, mm-hmm. it's about time we talk about Deadpool, Deadpool two. two. Okay, released in 2018, directed by David Leitch. Leitch. With, yeah, and this one of the fellas off John Wick. This was announced before the first film was actually released. That sorry, they're making a sequel, and then uh, original director Tim Miller dropped out due to the always quoted creative differences. This one, according to IMTB, foulmouth mercenary Wade Wilson brings together a team of fellow mutant rogues, rogues to protect a young boy with supernatural abilities from the brutal time traveling cyborg Cable. And it stars Ryan Reynolds, Josh Brolin, Zazie Beetz, Morena uh, Baccarin, Brianna Hildebrand, and Julian Dennison. Yes. So one thing I did, I, there's no X on the Fox logo, which does set it apart from the X-Men films. Yeah, I always like that. That sort of Do-do-do-do. where it takes that, 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 and, and when the X takes a bit longer to fade yeah, out. Whereas it doesn't in this. 
It doesn't, yeah. So therefore, it's entirely justified, Rob. Yeah, and I don't think Logan does either, so Logan is set aside. But we can talk about Logan because Deadpool 2 Opens with a Logan. massive spoiler for, uh, for Logan. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's that's kind of great, isn't it? Well, I guess it's Ryan Reynolds' <laughs> thing because um, in Hobbs and Shaw, he spoils um, the ending of Game of Thrones. And that had only been out like sort of a couple of months. Anyway, yeah, sorry. So it starts with an opening, uh, spoiling Logan. Oh, actually, sorry, before we, I guess, go into it, um, it turns out I have only ever seen, because I didn't see this in cinema, because you stood me up. What? Okay. And um, I think the only version I've ever seen is the extended one, but I didn't realise it until I was looking at it the other day. And I don't know how different the extended and the normal release are. I don't, I don't think they're too different. Okay. Did I actually stand you up? I can't remember. I just remember we never got around to seeing it. No, I'm trying to... Was it? No, like, I think it I didn't actually stand me up like like we were on a teenage date. No, um, I just think we never got around to seeing it. Yeah, yeah, but the, but that was I was thinking. I was thinking then, like, did we have plans? And did I do? And it was sort of like a, a, a cold feeling in the pit of my stomach. I was like, oh, well, the, the, you left me waiting outside the cinema. That I'd be there. Oh, better yeah. time soon, and that I wouldn't have yeah, just exactly. gone in and watched the film. Like, oh, the film starting yeah. soon. You, you better be Ben's here. Not here. I've got popcorn. Oh. No, okay. Well, good. I'm. I'm glad. I'm glad that wasn't a thing. You made me feel genuinely guilty for a moment there, no, Rob. Sorry. I hope you're proud of yourself. No, sorry, man. Right. So, so we saw Deadpool <laughs> two separately. Yep. <laughs> and you were saying that yeah, we saw it separately, and you were going to lead into a point. I'm sure. Oh no, it's just that I've not. So I've not seen the theatrical version. Um, oh, okay. So I yeah. Uh, so I'm. I guess I'm talking about the uh, yeah, extended version. I don't think they're that different. Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, there wasn't anything that because I saw it in the cinema and I've I've got the Blu-ray, so I'm trying to think if there was anything that was like super different. Probably not. But carry on. Okay. My wayward son. So this one uh, has, also has good use of music, good use of Dolly Parton in sort of an opening yeah. fight as he's nine to five. Nine to five as he's uh, sort of slicing people with a katana. I like the line about um, it's the highest rated R movie overseas. The, the passion of the Christ is the highest in America, except overseas, where they have no religion. Yeah, there are there are some some killer lines in Deadpool too as well, and uh, yeah, I liked him. I liked him talking about that. The the meta stuff, I think it it does it well. It does it sparingly, but it does it right. I think you know, there seems to be less fourth wall breaking in in Deadpool two. I think it's more narration. I think. I think it's kind of well. There, there, yeah. There are a couple of things yeah. like him looking at the camera when he's pinned up against the wall in the X mansion. But yeah, the the fourth wall breaking, the the fourth wall break within a fourth wall break in the first one. There's nothing like that in the second no, one. I guess because they've done it, the, the gag. Possibly, but I mean, this is this is always the problem with comedy sequels: is that you kind of expected to tell the same jokes again. You know, and and Deadpool two kind of has that a little bit, and but you know the thing with repeated jokes is they're just not as funny the second time. I guess there is an element of you kind of want the same thing again, and then if they give the same thing again, you're disappointed because you've not seen anything new. And and that's it. It's just like that's why I think something like Twenty Two Jump Street is genius because it's all about trying to match the first one. Yes, it's it's basically the same film as the first one, and it makes a point of it being basically the same. People film want to see the same one. thing. It's what they want. Yeah, exactly. So this film starts with um, Deadpool in uh, Tokyo, uh, sort of tracking down gangsters and then sort of killing various people. 
it comes home to haunt him as uh, Vanessa is killed quite early on, or very early on, before the opening credits. And what follows then, you know, for a comedic, silly, irrever- irreverent film, is I find sort of his response to her death completely, uh, really like, genuinely moving and serious, that is kind of wordless, and he chases down the guy, uh, the guy in the rain who... who who killed her and sort of just hugs yeah. him and just holds him in front of the truck. I find, yeah, I find it yeah, kind of moving. Well, I think it's just, it's just, I don't think they needed to kill her. No. Yeah. Fridging. And, isn't it? and yeah. And, and while the credits lampshade that and while they, they, they kind of look, look what we're doing. I, I understand why she couldn't be a focal part of the movie. If you've got all these new kind of elements to it and him setting up X-Force and things like that but they could have been a lot smarter with it than just killing her. Yeah. And yeah, and that whole sequence, it's it's a great sequence, but it's like, I think Deadpool 2 had about 700 gags by that point. The first Deadpool, yeah. the first Deadpool had like 700 gags. Deadpool 2, it, it, I understand it's it's trying for something deeper, but I I just, I think it, 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 it struggles to get over that. I think it's it's a real mistake to kill her in that kind of way you know i wouldn't say this read and the one thing i really really do hate above everything else is people fan pitching jokes for deadpool movies there are so many people who don't get what makes it funny but that's the thing you hate most in the world above anything else no financial inequality cancer yeah 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 yeah. but okay if i'm i'm talking about entertainment now don't make me out to be the bad guy (laughs) So yeah, the one thing I hate above cancer and AIDS and everything is people fan pitching Deadpool jokes. But I do think they could have made some kind of thing like have a different actress, like and say it was a contract dispute. I mean, bring her back. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it was. Of... was it? it wasn't a contract dispute, was it? Or did an actress? No, 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 it wasn't. But but the point being is they needed to get rid of her. They needed to fridge. Her. I mean, I guess they did because in the first film he was at rock bottom because of having the cancer and then to being cured yeah. in the way he was. And then in this, he needed to be at rock bottom again. But, yeah, comedy needs to come from pain. And, and, and you know, I think him being happy would ne- wouldn't would necessarily gel too much. But I think they could have been smarter with it because I genuinely yeah. think that opening, it struggles to kind of get over that because it, it, tonally it's it feels off. It, it's an odd one. I mean, I know some people who are big fans of it, some people who aren't. But uh, I, I wasn't. I think it does, as you say, it does sort of take you a while to, yeah, to kind of get back over it. And I guess the film does give the breathing space with yeah. him sort of trying to recover in the uh, in the X mansion. It, I guess it doesn't really serve or doesn't serve her character at all because you know, especially the way I framed it, I said that I like, I you know, I like his reaction to it. it, it I guess it it is fridging, isn't it? I mean, the creator said it, it, they weren't aware of the term of fridging and they didn't necessarily mean it in that way but it is it is it all is all focused on his reaction to it yeah and also i i don't really believe for a second that people uh, who are as city literate as the writers of deadpool don't know fridging as a thing they know they know it enough to make fourth wall break gags and all these other things and they didn't know fridging i i find that a little hard to believe okay uh, i think it was just an easy an easy excuse like oh we didn't know who cares anyway fuck it sorry flat jacket fudge it <laughs> rice crispy square that oh, nice. bitch i can't even i can't even replace squares with cakes man rice crispy square is not a cake and i said bitch after 
Rob, I'm just driving up the rating of this podcast. And not quality, just just the age rating. Oh, right. So Deadpool 2. I mean, the the opening then, it goes into like a Bond parody, which I thought you'd appreciate as a Bond fan, or maybe oh, you'd find it incredibly I... offensive as a Bond fan, being as you find no. people pitching Deadpool jokes offensive. No, the, 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 the Bond pastiche is great. The Celine Dion track, Ashes, is legitimately good yes. as well. And I, I like the, the choice of some of the things. And it's really well done. I mean, it with, does look this. much more expensive than the first film. It's a lot slicker. Yeah. Again, that's sort of my point. Kind of in the way that um, yeah, Kick-Ass 2 to Kick-Ass. Yeah, I, I, that, that's, that's a good analogy. Because Kick-Ass felt scrappy by its very nature. And Kick-Ass 2 is a little bit slicker, a little bit more money spent on it, and not nearly as good. Cable obviously is the is the sort of big the big new thing. We've got Julian Dennison as well as as Fire Fist or, <laughs> or Russell. Russell as his name. And I don't know if you've seen Hunt for the Wilder People. No, I know it's what I'm supposed to. Yes, you definitely should. Because some of Russell's characteristics definitely feel like they're inherited from his character in that film, Ricky Baker. Well, apparently when they saw the film, they, they just didn't cast, they didn't even look at anyone else to play Russell. They decided that that was, that was who they wanted. Yeah, because he's hilarious in that. And coupled with uh, a very, very gruff Sam Neill, it's it's so good. And, and Ricky Ricky Baker has a, has an affinity for hip-hop and, and gangster rap and everything. So when he says, ladies, damn, it feels good to be a gangster, that's a very Ricky Baker line. Okay. But that's the thing. He is super funny. Like and and he he's got the comedic timing and 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 comedy chops uh, of you know a young age. It's crazy. Um, yeah, because he was too young to see anything. this film. Yeah, exactly. But they don't do too much with him. Well, he, it, he's, there are he's certain the fun it's interactions. The, it's, it's the debate about whether you go back and kill Hitler if you could, uh, which I guess yeah. they then literally use at the end. Yeah. So I guess it's a, you know it's it, it's will he turn out to be bad, which I guess is similar to X Men: Days of Future Past. Yeah, it would have to involve time travel because it's got cable. Yeah, cable is a is is a time traveling dude, so it would have to have some sort of temporal shenanigans. But the trouble with time travel is, you know, when you introduce it into a film. I mean, I know they have it with here that his um his time travel watch will only work yeah twice. Well, that's just lazy writing. Yes, <laughs> um, but when you put time travel in, it kind of really does lower the stakes because. Anything can be reversed. Yeah. Once you've got that sort of element in play, it's it's yeah, it's it's probably going to something is going to hinge on that. It has to. It's Chekhov's DeLorean. <laughs> so yeah. So Russell goes to a, he was taken to an orphan uh, an orphanage. Um, so it's definitely not a school for the gifted because of his sort of mutant powers. It's, it's a really darker version of the of the uh, X school. Yeah, it's like a pray away the powers camp. Yeah, it's it's really and that's really dark. Because uh, you know they they are some of the most evil places on the planet. I think the the sort of pray away the gay uh, camps. So um, so yeah, pray away the powers. Just as futile. And run by um, uh, Eddie Marson, which I like it. Yeah, I, like I, I know. I like to, it's it's hard seeing him as a as a, a, a sort of Bible bashing zealot mean guy. But you know he's a good actor. He does it well. What do you think of Josh Brolin as Cable? I, I I like him. I think he's yeah yeah uh, he's quite stoic. That's that's kind of what he is. I mean, you know, he's he's the straight man to to Deadpool's Deadpool. I mean, I guess you have that with Colossus anyway. But then I guess he's you know, more he's gruffer than Colossus because I guess Colossus has a heart, has a sort of a soft heart, whereas this guy he does. Yeah, 
I like how things have turned more romantic between Deadpool and Colossus now. Like in this one, because in the comics he's pansexual. He will he will do anything with a pulse. Yeah, and sometimes some things without one. But I I I, I love the fact that he has this kind of big crush on Colossus now. And I like I also like uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead and uh, her girlfriend Yuki. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a nice couple. Hi Wade. <laughs> in order to rescue Russell from. Uh mutant prison or uh, in a convoy and they uh devil creates the x-force or recruits the x-force which if i remember most of the marketing was about the x-force and that there's going to be that that was going to come before deadpool 3 and then it's kind of like a yeah. gap standing in about 10 minutes and i do like that they they set up this whole thing and then just kill more or less and they get wiped out yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good gag. I mean, I, I felt that the film belaboured the point slightly because it was talking about like, okay, and you've got that power and you've got this power. And I was like, yeah, something something bad is going to happen. It's going to go wrong. But I didn't expect it to go wrong in quite the way it did. But uh, but certainly that that sort of thing. And yeah, the marketing was very, very focused on on like Terry Crews yes. and, uh, and, and Domino. Domino is uh, excellent. Zazie Beats is, is, is fantastic. And this, I mean, I'm, I'm sensing what you feel of this film. But it, it's not argue, you know, it, it, it can't. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, it's undebatable that this is absolutely the best comic book film that Zazie Beast has ever appeared in. <laughs> you are going to get hate mail. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the whole luck not being cinematic and then it being awesomely yeah. cinematic is great. I I, I really like. But did you also notice uh, at some point when they're going through the X Force things, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is uh, her headshot is in the, in the I didn't notice photos. That. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, joking aside, no, uh, I do think Sazzy Beats is great as as Domino. She is. I I like her just kind of drifting through life and just going, yeah, things work out for me. It does look like everyone's uh, having fun. It does. And I will say now, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't like Deadpool two as much as the first yeah. one. I think a lot of people will say that anyway i deadpool 2 the more i kind of think on it the more it annoys me okay uh in in little ways but it's not a bad film at all and there are some really really great gags in it and there are some there are some really really fantastic moments and that whole uh domino catching up with the 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 convoy and everything is so good and unique we, we just haven't seen anything like that you know where where luck is the sort of the the key component so there are, yeah, there are things I really, really like about Deadpool 2, but I don't think it's, it's probably because it's more of a polished kind of product. Terry Crews, Terry Crews is fantastic. Yeah. But he's, you know, we barely get any time with him. And the same with Rob Delaney. And it works, but it's not, it's not as kind of punk rock as the first one. It's like the band has been given a lot more money in a bigger studio. Yeah, the production's better, but the maybe the, the soul is less than something. I mean, it could be because they had 10 years or so to do the first Deadpool and then two years to do the second one. Yeah, definitely. And and Tim Miller leaving over creative differences as well. That seemed to be a thing where, like, kind of, uh, from what is reported, obviously we, we don't know what happened, but Ryan Reynolds was, like, stepping up his involvement. He was already, like, super involved in the whole thing, but he, he had a differing idea about where the film should yeah. go to Tim Miller. Tim Miller wanted to do something with Vanessa and and uh, and built her into copycat like she is in the comics, a sort of like from the inside out mystique kind of shapeshifter, okay. except that instead of instead of just appearances, she copies everything from like the DNA. She's an exact clone. So so and that 
that could have been a lot of fun rather than just fridging her. But uh, yeah, no, the, the X-Force thing is uh, yeah, genuinely funny. And, and, and that whole, the whole interview sequence is, is pretty well done. Well, it, it, it does um, end with them. Well, once they sort of rescue Russell and Cable stays in this time and what, has now joined with them. We are, we are skipping all over it, I guess. But, um, well, it, we, we have been skipping. But then that's kind of how, how you talk about Deadpool uh, because it's, it's anarchic. I mean, we don't play by conventional rules. Yeah, I'm going to let you talk in a minute, but not right now. <laughs> I mean, they have sort of created the X-Force at the end, really. My only disappointment with that was that uh, ne- uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead didn't stay with them, that she went back to the uh, to the X-Mansion. Oh, and the, the brief the brief cameo from the X-Men as well. Oh, that was a good one, yeah. That is good, and I like him. I, I, I like uh, Wade going around in uh, Professor X's wheelchair, knocking shit over. And breaking cerebro, which apparently he wasn't meant to do. The prop broke in his oh, hands, really? and he just rolled with it. Yeah, yeah, that is that so, yeah. isn't in the um in the extended cut. What him him breaking cerebro? Yeah. Oh, well, he just has the helmet. No, he doesn't. He's reading a book. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to we'll have to have a look at the differences between that another time. Speaking of differences, so, there was a third version of this, which was Once Upon a Deadpool, which was yes. sort of intended to be released for uh, sort of a, a lower age bracket in America. And when it was released over over here, the BBSC rated it as a fifteen anyway, so it was still yeah, still a fifteen. Yeah, yeah. It's weird how taking the sort of uh, violence and blood and everything robs Deadpool of what makes it special. Because I saw Once Upon a Deadpool. I was going to ask so you. And I liked Princess Bride stuff, the fact that it has that sort of framing thing with Fred Savage, yeah. and he's he's reading the story to an adult Fred Savage in bed. Like that's funny, and Fred Savage is still great. But it's it's weird how how different it feels, how toothless it all feels. Because it you kind of need that extreme. You've got the kind of extreme language and the extreme violence. That's the Deadpool bread and butter, cartoonish, over the top, tasteless nonsense, and we love it for it. it it's an interesting experiment, and I I like the Fred Savage stuff, but. Yeah, I, I, if I wanted to watch Deadpool 2, that would not be the version I sought yeah. out. So have you got any sort of thoughts, anything else you want? Oh, you do get the C-bomb from Cable in this one, which just made me think of the what the you know the, the one you didn't have from Ed Scrine in the first film. Yes, um, I also, like, it's a shame because I don't think uh, Junkie XL's score is in this No, one. he dropped out. He, he, yeah, I think he dropped out after Miller left. Yeah, and, and that's a shame because I really liked the sort of the weird... Technoy, grimy, metallic, industrial, yeah. yeah, like that suited it. So um, you do get the uh, the operatic bit when Juggernaut is uh, finally unleashed. The holy shit balls yes. thing. That's great. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend I'm above that. I'm not. I I laugh like a idiot whose whose brain is still trapped in school. It, I felt the film could have done with a bit more. Of that sort of not necessarily not the song that sort of meta humor again maybe maybe that's it maybe we were saying before like it doesn't have as much i probably doesn't well i think as as a whole this uh deputy i think it probably has a more cohesive story than the first one but it's and it's probably less overtly funny like there there, there isn't quite the gag rate of the first film and it's darker but yeah i do, I do think it's more of a coherent story yeah i guess it's strange for, for a film about time travel it's quite linear Whereas the first film doesn't have time travel, but jumps all over the place. That is a very good point. I like the idea of Deadpool feeling that it's you know his responsibility to to save this kid from going down a dark path. Like I I, I like the fact that because um, it is all about change. Yeah. 
it's 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 about whether certain things are just written or or you 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 have agency in your own destiny. I mean, I think so, I think probably my final thought on, is, on it is it, it could have given you exactly could have given you exactly the same film again, and it would have been good. But I like the fact that it's different. We sort of mentioned bands earlier. I do like you know as much as I like uh, I like it when a band has a distinct sound. It is nice when they give you something new, and and that is right. And I, I I think that the the circumstances surrounding the first one and everything, it kind of created a bit of a lightning in a bottle kind yeah. of thing. And and to sort of go after that like intentionally would have would have been a mistake as well. But I think some of the gags were so inventive in the first one. I kind of wanted that sort of that spark in the second one, which it was occasionally. And there there are certain gags that really really cracked me up but it, it just didn't have that same energy throughout because it you know it was trying to accomplish more things yeah, yeah. and i i guess that's the thing it, and because because of that it kind of came across as more conventional in my book and and therefore maybe just not as good but no i i think i think you are right i mean a, a, a different feeling sequel is is no bad thing and and going for something a bit more sort of plot heavy makes sense so have you got anything else to say on uh, on it before I ask you if you have franchise fatigue, or you can ask me? Oh well, okay. Let's let's uh, let's switch it up since we're since we've been all over the place today <laughs> talking about different things. Let's switch it up, Rob. Yes, Ben. In regards to the Deadpool series of films, do you have franchise fatigue? Question mark. Yes, yeah, here's why I should have asked. Um, absolutely not. I, th- <laughs> I think it's you know I really enjoy both both films. I'd happily see more. I'm glad that they're going to continue it under Disney. I'm interested to see how it will continue. What whether whether they'll be allowed to sort of do more with the with the MCU or, or whether because now now I guess they've got all the mutant characters and the sort of the non mutant Marvel apart from Spider Man uh, characters owned by Sony. Um, I guess there's a lot more people to play with and a bigger budget. I'm I'm really interested interested to see where it goes. I do hope they sort of bring back. Um, Domino and uh, Nagasonic and Colossus Cable, less so. I, I, I'm not particularly bothered. He was all right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think they probably will bring. I think, funnily enough, I think Cable is probably the the one that they're almost certain to bring back. Whereas I'm not sure about the others. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I I don't have franchise fatigue at all with this. I'm just like more Deadpool, please. It was, it's a shame they never did the animated series with uh, Donald Glover. That would have been brilliant. I'm interested to see where they go. Where they go now? Like, I mean, I'm I'm sure it seems to be that Disney are keeping it R-rated and keeping all the things. I think they know what they've got yeah. with Deadpool. So yeah, no, nope, not at all. More Deadpool, please. So I mean, it's it's going to be a massive anticlimax. But um, I guess if you do the bucket list, but I can guess which way round you put them. I am going X-Men Origins Wolverine number one. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's Deadpool one first. Uh, Deadpool 2 second uh, not particularly close between them either to me see I kind of want to put Deadpool 2 first just because I feel I need it do it just, no well, negate no, it just I feel, no, be that because I feel I need to defend not need to defend it but um, you know I, I think I enjoy it much more than you do I, of the two I'm actually because I've seen the first Deadpool quite a few times I'm actually keen to watch Deadpool 2 again just to kind of, uh, to see if I can get any more from it I, I, I enjoy it I think I, I like the fact that it was it tried to do something a bit different to the first film although i think you're right it probably ended up being quite oh a bit more generic than oh hold rob rob you need to stop talking because i'm just putting a craigslist advert out for a new podcast partner who agrees (laughs) with me on everything so just just keep it down a little bit you can continue talking but just just maybe the volume just down a little bit but i would say i think the first one is better than the second one so 
but I think with a narrower gap than you would say. Cool. No, that's fine. So I can I can do official with a, popcorn bucket bucket list of Deadpool is Deadpool followed by Deadpool two. Yes, definitely. I'm happy with that. Good. Well, outro us, buddy. Okay. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram at popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd. You can use the hashtag TPBP. If you're able to, it would be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks, take care and see you next episode. What he said. <laughs>